Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of October 2012. Newcomers, as always, make sure you, you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and you'll find lots of autos for free download, lots of information on the system that you're born into that you take for granted. And of course I go through the system as it was built up a long time ago, uh, including all the agendas they plan to bring forth over a century and a half. And guess what? You're still going through it. All the evidence is there from the top. Many of the participants, of course, even brought out their own books and autobiographies on their part in designing this system you take for granted, including the cultural changes that would happen generation by generation. And it's all out and formatted for you to to help yourselves to. Remember, too, that you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on uh, advertisers as guests and I don't uh, sell anything except the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematics.com. And I don't have shares in companies, etc., etc., that sell you products on this at all. So if you want to keep me going, you can help me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughmedia.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can still use um, cash, send cash, or you can use PayPal. And across the world, you've got uh, same thing. You've got PayPal, Western Union, and MoneyGram. Remember, straight donations are very, very welcome. And as I say, I go through the system to show you uh, the big boys who helped plan the system a long time ago. And I go through their books occasionally and uh, mention pertinent parts that they let out into the public domain to show you that, as I say, nothing, nothing is happening by chance, including all the wars that you're going through right now. And the wars you'll see across the Middle East have many purposes and functions to fulfill, including the so-called human rights, etc., as they standardize culture across the planet, they standardize a world banking system under the guise of democracy, and the big banks get the countries into debts, and the financiers at the top then hold the power over every single country in the world. The banking system uh, decided a long time ago to set up what you're living through now, you think is normal, and it is their system. It's not the bankers that you go and cash your checks at, uh, these are the guys who are international money lenders that set up the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute for International Affairs a long time ago. They run every country in the world through their central banking system, all private, and the central banks are all under the bank of international settlements in Basel, Switzerland. Their own historian has written a lot about this. You have to read the Anglo-American establishment to find out uh, what the big plans were. You're living through it, as I say. And hence you have all this chaos, which you take for granted, which you think is just ongoing war, and you're trained now to think that perpetual war is quite natural. The war isn't just on countries by slaughtering them. It's a war on all the nations of the world uh, and all of your cultures, your traditions, etc. They all have to be annihilated to bring in this new uh, mushy culture of the new world order, as you like to call it. So... Most folks, as I say, are adapting to it. They're adapting step by step. 
and uh, most of again are, are mind bombed by the amount of data that's spewed out every day by the big boys themselves and they adapt to that as well. They adapt to all the changes. They can't tell the difference between marketing, hyper-marketing strategy and truth anymore. And it's an unfortunate thing to say, but it's true. Tonight, I'll be going through some of the things that are going on in Canada and the States and elsewhere to do with geoengineering because it's happening daily. It's been happening daily since 1998. And not one government in the world is going to own up that they're actually behind it all. They're killing off the birds, by the way. Even their official government records say in the last three or four years, five years, they're down 80 by 80% in Canada. Everything else is dying off too. What does that leave us? What about us? Do you really care? Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. As I say, most folk adapt into the system they're born into, as their parents did as well, never knowing there's a big, big agenda in any different direction, including world governments and all these kind of things. There's so many facets of it, including political correctness, where everyone's supposed to be free and happy regardless of the group they belong to, no matter what they're into. And we're all supposed to adapt together, even though there's fallout across society uh, because of all the, the happiness together kind of stuff that's preached to. Us. But at the same time, too, you've got these ongoing wars, and you also have eugenics on the go and cost effectiveness of keeping people alive and economy, etc. It's all part of the same system. We'll touch on that tonight as well. And how they're literally lowering, they're bringing in the death rates into their budgets for national health services, how to step it up and how to withdraw treatment for, for elderly people and other people too. That you don't have to be elderly if they say that you've got a terminal illness, then they just simply speed up the process and don't treat you and allow you to die quicker. It's more cost effective. That's what it's coming down to. Because everything's run on economics, you understand. And, as it mentioned, going back to the geoengineering, people are taking it for granted as they cough their lungs up and have massive rise across the world because it's worldwide plan, you understand, and uh, to do with asthma and, and bronchitis, the people just can't shake off. Uh, the pharmacists know it's going on because they sell all the products and antibiotics and all the antihistamines to try and deal with it, but they don't know what's causing it either because they never look up either. And everyone's trained to wait for the media to tell you that there's something wrong and here's the problem. If the media doesn't mention it, then it can't be true, you see. It's just a conspiracy theory, even though it's all above your heads every darn day and very few folk take the time to stand and watch it happening. This morning, for instance, I, I went to, uh, to a little garage uh, up the road there, and just before I left, I watched them spraying away, and sun was still penetrating to an extent. I got back in about 15 minutes, and the whole half of the sky was just this, this dark, orangey-black muck, and that was all from the spraying, because they've added more compounds and chemicals and minerals into their deathly mix, you see. And sure enough, within about an hour or so, an hour and a half, it started raining buckets. They can either disperse the rain by the stuff they dump into, or they can cause rain. It's great, too, for weather warfare, because that was the initial idea of it, just we all came from that idea, weather warfare. Last, yes, yesterday, I think, or last night, I mentioned about... Um, the fact that uh, the big boys, too, that have the, the mines 
and the factories decided to, uh, rather than just pay the mafia to dump all their stuff that from the accumulation from the chimneys, they get the people to use it as fluoride. It's going to be good for you. Massive publicity campaigns. Bernays was involved and all the rest of it to convince you that you should eat the toxic waste that these guys used to have to pay to get dumped. And it's still going on, of course. All the dumping from the mines generally is dumped in international waters. There's lots of articles out there mainstream about this going on, the big mining companies. But then they hit upon the idea of geoengineering, you understand. And rather than do that, well, let's, let's just use, use this stuff in the skies to block the sunlight. It'll kill off a lot of the wildlife on Earth, including the people too, but that's okay. It'll be, it'll be very profitable for those involved. And so under the guise of science, they're killing you all. And most of you don't even care. You don't care. Even though you, you, you see the weird weather, you'll see thunderstorms roll in and there's not a drop of rain. Uh, they start spraying like crazy above them and that's all that's left at the end is all these trails and there's no rain at all. They disperse it or else they bring you in and dump it all on you depending on the spray mix they use. And we haven't we've got a single complaints department as this is all happening to us. As I say, too, there's lots of articles, including governmental studies, because, of course, they've studied what they're doing, but always under different guises so as we don't catch on. And they'll tell you, as I say, that wildlife's dying off like crazy. It must be acid rain, they say, even though in their own files they say that acid rain died out years ago. Because there's no factories left in Canada, for instance. They used to spew the stuff into the air. And plus they brought in Catholic converters, and that massively reduced it. And so that died away. That was another big hype acid rain. Yes, it died away. So, But they still go on and use that excuse. It must be that's killing off the birds in the last five or six years because, uh, because they've got to cover what's happening with some other excuse. Rather than say, well, we're causing it by geoengineering. Meanwhile, the geoengineering groups that they meet every so often uh, supposedly to hypothesize on that the probability of doing it in the future, they're already doing it. They're all in on the know, and they know what they're doing to the public as well. And they're getting awfully well paid. They ain't going to turn and, and start informing us that they're, they're killing us and it's not working. You understand, Huxley talked about this, Aldous Huxley, the scientific dictatorship. Governments don't listen to the people. They haven't for, the, for about the, the last hundred years. They bring experts in. Experts are often front men for big corporations. And again, read the articles by Bernays, how he started this elevating the expert to stardom syndrome back in the early 1900s with massive propaganda. And how he even set up the, the institutions, supposedly institutions, one little dingy little office with a little maid in it who'd answer the phone once in a blue moon. And this would be the expert um, uh, facility where three or four other experts supposedly would reside, physicists, etc., and, and health and, and doctors, etc., to, to con the public that the, the stuff that they were promoting was good for you. And all they did was go around a few professors, get their names on, their, on, on their, their plates. The professors never turned up. Just get their names on it, and it sounds very official. And the public fall for the gimmickry, whatever they're selling to you. It's still going on today. Now, here's an article here today, for instance. It's off. It's the same topic, but it's off kilter a little bit. Because this con was devised a long time ago, too, and small-scale experiments have proven it doesn't work. However, this is mainstream, and it has to come from Britain, the story about Canada, because Canadians won't print it, you see. They don't have the balls to print it here in Canada. 
This is Canadian government's new of plans to dump iron into the Pacific. And the chief executive company responsible for controversial geoengineering tests implicates several departments, government departments, it says. As controversy mounts over the Guardian's revelations that an American businessman conducted a massive ocean fertilization test dumping around 100 tons of iron sulfate off Canada's coast, it's emerged the Canadian government may have known about the geoengineering scheme and not stopped it. The news combined with Canadian obstructionism and negotiations over geoengineering at a United Nations biodiversity meeting in Hyderabad, India, has angered international civic society groups who have announced they are singling out Canada for a recognition of shame at the summit, the Dodo Award for Actions that Harm Biodiversity, it says here. They're criticizing Canada for being one of the four horsemen of geoengineering, joining Britain, Australia and New Zealand, and opposing southern countries' efforts to beef up the existing moratorium on technological fixes for global warming. This is a con, this whole global warming, if you haven't figured it out. The chief executive of the company responsible for spawning the artificial 10,000 square kilometre plankton bloom in the Pacific Ocean has implicated several Canadian departments, government departments, but the government officials are remaining silent about the nature of their involvement. Well, I mean, they're poisoning the public from the air as well, and they're silent about that too. When one one, uh, parliamentarian brought up in Canada, from Sudbury, by the way, who went to the federal government, uh, they were told by the, the Minister of Defence that it was a matter of national security and they couldn't speak about it. Spraying is like, like little insects. Anyway, it says, in an interview with Canadian Radio, John Disney said, I've been in, this is the guy, one of the guys who's a PR guy behind it, I've been in touch with many departments within the federal ministry, that's the government, All I'm saying is that everyone from the Canadian Revenue Agency down to the National Research Council and Department of Fisheries and Oceans and and Environment Canada, these people, they've all known about this, what he was up to, in other words. The Guardian has seen government correspondence which indicates that Environment Canada officers met with Disney's company in June and expressed their misgiving about any ocean fertilization going forward but appear to have taken no further action. After the huge experiment happened in July, Canadian government officials were anxious to find out if the company's boat flew under a Canadian flag and whether the iron was loaded in Canada, never mind the dumping the waste in the sea. That's what it is, folks, if you haven't figured it out by now. A large number of Canadian personnel have been involved on the boats, the largest fishing vessel under Canadian registration in the province of British Columbia. Disney, who also is a non-native economic manager for the Indigenous Council in the old Masset village in Haida, Gwaii, has just told media that the iron was brought from Alberta. We some mind have dumped the stuff. Do you understand that Monsanto and all these big boys have their own minds? Do you know that? And, and they've dumped selenium and other stuff too, elsewhere. All of this stuff is used in all this, this, this dumping and the spring. This killed over well a hundred sheep down in the states there, where a guy stumbled into disused mine of Monsanto's. <laughs> Russ George, a colleague of Disney's, told the Guardian, "Canadian government people have been helping us. We've had workshops run where, where we've been taught how to use satellites resources by the Canadian Space Agency. The government is trying to cost share with us on certain aspects of the project, and we're expecting lots more support as we go forward." Environment Canada officials refused to comment, saying the matter is currently under investigation. We have, we have internal investigations in Canada that's fade off into the sunset. 
to clear these serious allegations of complicity, the Canadian government needs to speak out and account for these events, says Jim Thomas of the International Technology Watchdog ETC Group. Officials need to condemn this dump as a breach of Canadian laws and take swift action against the geoengineering in Haida Gwaii. That means initiating measures against Russ George, that's the guy who owns the company, uh, and he's a businessman, by the way, and any Canadians involved, while in Hyderabad, that means backing a global test ban. It's about time they did the global test ban on spraying as well, isn't it? 1998 is when they started daily spraying all Canadians and other countries across the world. This goes way up to the United Nations. It says sources indicate that the Council of the Haida Nations, the political body that speaks for all Haida people, is passing a resolution that any future decisions on such projects will have to be ruled on by the entire nation rather than one small village. We'll be back with more on this after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and and talking about the system, the big system that runs ahead regardless of what the public... So you don't even tell the public what's going on, how you can complain if you don't know what's going on. All you see is the after effects, and, and they won't even tell you why he's after it, or they'll blame you for the after effect, or you're causing it all, all you public out there. This is the con game that goes on with, with science. It's very common. Science is completely inter- intertwined with grants from the big foundations that run the world. And they have massive marketing campaigns to, to present whatever they're up to in the best possible light. And it's always a con as to why they're doing stuff. But dumping of toxic waste is dumping of toxic waste, no matter what benevolent purpose is supposed to have, including dumping uh, all the stuff on top of you through the aerial spraying. They've added a lot of more stuff to it in the last few months, by the way. They've added sulfate to it that's going to kill you all off as you're breathing it in. This is killing off the animals. Even the moles in Canada are coming out of the ground and dying again. There's hardly anything left here. There's hardly a bird all darn summer and all the whole darn forest. And the government knows it from their own reports. So anyway, this, this says here, the sources indicate the Council of the Haida Nations, the political body that speaks for all Haida people, is passing a resolution that any future decision on such projects will have to be ruled on by the entire nation. Well, forget the Haida. It's time you realize it's all part of Canada and the darn world here as you spread poisons and toxins into the water supply uh, and the sea. And private business has got to get their butt out of this instead of dumping their toxic wastes. Because that's what it is, you understand. Same as fluoride in your toothpaste. Scrapings of big chimneys. How do we get rid of it? Rather than pay the mafia to dispose of poison, what do we, we'll convince the public it's good for them. Massive marketing campaigns. And it's still going on. Another article too. Uh, there's two articles on this here. World's biggest geoengineering experiment. It's not the biggest. The biggest one has been going over your head since 1998. And it's time folk really started chatting about it because a lot of folk are getting awfully sick on it. And there's folk dying as well with constant asthma attacks. People are getting asthma attacks now for the first time in their 40s, and that's now normal. It was never heard of before. It's not a new normal, folks. And it's time the public got really awake and started fighting back, because otherwise it's simply going under. 
going under. Yet you're conned left, right and centre by massive marketing, professionally produced campaigns. So I'll put both these links up tonight and people can see what they think for themselves and hopefully take some action and start bitching about it to the authorities. It doesn't matter which authorities you bitch to, you just got to keep bitching until we either die off in the process or we get heard before we die off because it's that bad. It's that bad. The trees are dying off, for God's sake. Aluminum oxide is deep into the ground now. And the older trees, some of the older trees have more of a chance of living with deeper roots, but all the young ones are dying off. And they know what's causing it. Now, another article too has to do with um, <laughs> the, the wonderful thing to do with the European Union. Another big con game that was dreamed up by the, the arch-communists, who are also multi-billionaires, if you haven't figured it out. The top communists were all billionaires. Still are. In the economic union that's running the whole of Europe. And that, they pushed out all the multiculturalism, took down the borders, basically, of countries. Because free trade is supposed to have the free transportation as well, and movements of all labor, too. Brought on welfare states to demolish all cultures, you see, to bring in the new mush culture, which is just simply uh, political correctness and obedience to the, the, the big authority. And they've got all these problems all over the place. Human trafficking to the United Kingdom is rising, it says. That's been going on for years now with it. The number of people being trafficked into the UK is rising. It says, last year the authorities learned 946 victims complained with 710 in 2010. The Interdepartmental Ministerial Group on Human Trafficking said, trafficking gangs in China, Vietnam, Nigeria and Eastern Europe now pose the biggest threat to the UK, it said. The government said better co- uh, coordination between its departments and with authorities abroad was the key. Well, that's all BS, as you well know. This is, but anti-slavery groups want government failures, uh, were, were that led to significant steps back in the fight. And, uh, it, it goes through <laughs> different things that are happening over there. The Met says it carried out two such raids every week on average. That's just in East London. Two miles away in a second house, they found a Lithuanian family living in one room. A small stack of mail showed that a large number of people have stayed there before. They questioned the Lithuanians who said they were being paid below minimum wage to work in a recycling depot and building firm. The room cost £140 a week. There was a CCTV camera watching the door of the house. Are they the victims of people trafficking? It's not clear. And often those involved haven't asked themselves uh, the same question. But please say, those who try to run are often subject to violence. So what they do, see big businessmen come in and they buy up lots and lots of property. That's how it works. It doesn't say it here, but that's how it works. And then they bring in uh, the destitute from their own countries. They bring them over, they'll pay their way for them, and then you owe them forever. They, they dump you in these places, put you in uh, sweat factories and ship, uh, sweatshops, and then uh, they take everything from you at the end of the week. That's your rent and so on, and you're left with a minimum of things to, to, to eat on. You can never save enough to get out of the mess. You're stuck there for years. Same thing's happening in the States all over as well. Happening for years, folks. They know all about this. They do nothing about it. So anyway, I'll put this link up too, and also... There's an article on this one. It says, 3,000 doctors in Britain are putting patients on death lists now that single, they single them out to be allowed to die. Meaning to make them die quicker, folks. Don't treat them, in other words. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the Matrix and... And talking about the, the big economic system you're born into, run by the boys at the top, who naturally run everything else, including all the sciences beneath them, because, you see, they give all the grants to the scientists and tell them where to go with their findings, and their findings must always be taken over by the marketing departments to put the best face on everything, to con you that's the best thing that ever was given to you. And it's worked all the time, you see. And, and politicians are all on the take. They're all on the take with this stuff, just like the scientists do. Massive grants, under-the-table stuff, all that. That's the real world. But as I say, they're bringing in the National Health Service in uh, the States, it's copied after uh, Britain's system, which is the pits, the absolute pits. Not that Canada's any better, because Canada, you can hardly see the same doctor twice if you're bothered trying to visit them in these walk-in walk clinics. And, of course, it's all based on economics, you see. Uh, there's too many people in the world. Oh, well, we're just, just uh, unsustainable to treat them and all, and all these, all this stuff they came out with, unsustainable mantra. Anyway, as I said, the, the Rand Corporation, remember, is the one that was given the job to find out the best system for the U.S. and they copied Britain's system. I've, I've got the article here from Rand. That was given to the government, the U.S. government. Anyway, it says nearly, it says thousands of patients have already been placed on death registers in Britain, which single them out, single them out to be allowed to die in comfort rather than give them life-saving treatment in hospital emerged last night. You understand the PR way of saying this? They've been singled out to be allowed to die in comfort, you see, rather than be given life-saving treatment in hospital. Life-saving treatment in hospital. Double speak. Nearly 3,000 doctors have promised for the government to drop a list of patients they believe are likely to die within a year. It might, it might be a year or two, but regardless, they've already marked down in the head they want you to die. The Department of Health figures show yesterday, as part of an unpublicized campaign uh, endorsed by ministers, unpublicized, of course, because they won't tell the public we're going to kill you, General practitioners have been encouraged to make lists officially known as end-of-life care registers of people they believe are going to die soon. They believe it, you see, and should be helped to do so in comfort, in other words, as cheaply as possible. They've asked, been asked to earmark elderly patients who show signs of frailty or deteriorating during routine consultations at their surgeries. Although more than 7,000 patients nationwide have already been put on the list, there appears to be no obligation for doctors to inform them. You don't even get told you're on the list. Oh, and you believe trustingly, oh, if I go to a hospital, they're going to help me. No, they're going to kill you. <laughs> Some medical professionals went public with their worries yesterday following the Daily Mail's disclosure of the National Health Service request to doctors to put one in every 100 of their patients on death lists. This is eugenics, straight and simple. And economics, you see. Well, we can spend billions on wars for the big corporations to go and plunder oil and everything else from people. The country doesn't get anything back, just the big corporations. The politicians involved get lots of backhanders, mind you, and helped up the larger ones to leave politics. That's how the corruption works. It's always been like that. 
And it says here, Dr. Peter Saunders of the Christian Medical Fellowship warned about the risks of drawing up quotas for the dying. We all know that doctors' estimates of patients' lifespans can be sometimes accurate, but sometimes wildly inaccurate, he said. A skilled doctor can, in the great majority of cases, assess when a patient is within a few hours or days of death. However, once we start to talk about weeks or months, and of course years, we know that we can often be right, but equally very badly wrong. <laughs> The National Health Service is pushing for the death list at a time when a keystone of its end-of-life strategy called the Liverpool Care Pathway, Care Pathways with the Love to Starve You to Death, has come under fierce criticism for, from leading medical figures and families who believe their loved ones have been wrongly picked out in di- hospitals as dying. Mr. Saunders yesterday was concerned about the increasing use of the pathway, adding that we, we know that some people have been put on it inappropriately. In other words, they wouldn't have died. Under the LCP, hospital patients judged to be in the last days and hours of life are spared life-saving treatment and awfully heavily sedated and denied nutrition and fluid by tube. Just start to death, folks, and dehydrated. One leading critic, the National Health Service consultant, Professor Patrick Pulisino, has said what use of the pathway is a self-fulfilling prophecy and amounts to assisted death. Now, I'd call it murder, myself. See, murder is when you've got an alternative, and you've got an alternative to keep them alive, you see. It's murder. Call things what they are and stop using their terms and, and for political correctness. See, they give you the terms to use that throws your head in a spin. Guidance for GPs say patients on the death register should be asked if they wish to die at home so money can be saved on hospital admissions. Patients are also being encouraged to make up living wills which instruct doctors to withdraw food and fluid tubes if they become too ill to speak. So in other words, they're illegality so they can get off the hook in case anybody wants to sue them in the future. Such patients, the GPs have been told, are less likely to be subject to treatments of limited clinical value. Figures from Care Minister Norman Lamb in a report on the National Health Service end-of-life care strategy show 2,900 doctors signed up, including 1,000 general practitioners. The report says by the end of March 333, uh, GPs had registered, uh, 333 GPs had registered an operation with 7,723 names. Of these, 2,534 were patients diagnosed with illnesses other than cancer. Some 3,531 patients agreed to advance care plans which can include agreement to a living will. You're conned into every stage of it. Because the last thing you think of is they're going to, they're trying to get you to, 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 to die. <laughs> you don't think about that. Doctors don't appear to have been instructed to inform patients or families when names are added. No patient or family has come forward to say that they knew about their inclusion in a register. By the way, uh, uh, there's actually a, a list, uh, a tier system here according to your value. Just mention it here, your value to your society. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Instead, doctors are encouraged to have discussions with patients in which they raise the question of how long they're likely to live and how they should be cared for. You're conned. Conology here. National Health Service end-of-life care director Professor Sir Michael Sir Mike Richards said in the report that the campaign has reached its midpoint target of 1,000 GPs signed up by August 2012. See how they work it in the way in advance, step by step. And the Department of Health said patients can be placed in the GP end-of-life care register without their knowledge. However, being on this register purely means they have been identified as needing an end-of-life care plan. <laughs> in other words, it really simply means that you've been identified as needing to be killed. You have to reword things as they really are, because PR is scattered through everything. 
public relations or propaganda. Propaganda is giving you part of a story so that you'll make your mind up on the limited information you're given. Often wrong. It's always wrong without the rest of the story, isn't it? But folk never catch on. And this article here too, to do with the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts perversion files. Thousands of pages of secret documents reveal how abuse of boys was covered up for decades. 14,500 pages detail horrific stories of abuse of children, some of which resulted in no prosecutions. Also includes allegations of cover-ups and efforts by police and city officials to keep the Boy Scouts name out of cases, it says here. This is again and again, decade after decade, an array of authorities, police chiefs, prosecutors, pastors and local Boy Scout leaders amongst them quietly shielded scoutmasters and others accused of molesting children, a newly opened trove of confidential papers show. It's, see, it's boys who are molesting folks, you know. Again, the city even say that because of PC, you see. At the time, those authorities justified their actions as necessary to protect the good name and good works of scouting, a pillar of 20th century America. Again, you have to get it out of Britain to get the American story. You see, so this is how they do things. Canada will get mentioned elsewhere, but not in their own country. The States will get mentioned elsewhere, not in their own country. Something was mentioned in the States will mention Britain. This is how you get news. And it says, was detailed in 14,500 pages of secret perversion files. It's actually called perversion files. Released today by order of the Oregon Supreme Court, their maneuvers allowed sexual predators to go free while victims suffered in silence. There's actually a video with it too, but it's, it says here, uh, the files are a window in a much larger collection of documents the Boy Scouts of America began collecting soon after their founding in 1910, up to the present. The files kept at Boy Scout headquarters in Texas consisted of memos from local and national scout execs, handwritten letters from victims and their parents, and newspaper clippings about legal cases. The files contain details about proven molesters, but also unsubstantiated allegations, because they haven't investigated a lot of them. In order to, so they won't give the Boy Scouts a bad name. The allegations stretch across the country to military bases from overseas and from a small town in the Adirondacks to downtown Los Angeles. In some cases, local law enforcement did nothing despite a confession seeking to prevent, protect the name of scouting over their victims. This is one uh, of the more shocking cases with the distraught mother who, on August 10, 1965, walked into the third floor of the, the Kuchita Parish o- Sheriff's Office and explained that a 31-year-old scoutmaster had raped one of her sons and molested two others. Six days later, the scoutmaster, an unemployed airplane mechanic, sat down in front of a microphone in the same station, said he understood his rights and confessed he'd sexually abused the woman's sons more than once. It's all homosexual pedophilia. He said, I don't know how to tell it. The man told it, the sheriff's deputy, they just occurred. I don't know an explanation why we did it or I, or I did it. So he says, we and I. So there's more of them in his little clique or wanted to do it. Anything else it is. This is an impulse, I guess, or something. So it says, as far as explanation, I just couldn't figure or, or dig one up, he says. He wouldn't have to. Seven days later, the decision was made not to pursue charges against the scoutmaster. The last sliver of hope for justice for the abuse of two teenagers and 11-year-old boys slipped away in a confidential letter from a Louisiana Scouts executive to the organization's National Personnel Division in New Jersey. The subject and scouts uh, were not prosecuted. It says the executive wrote to save the name of scouting. And it goes on and on and on about the same kind of stuff that's always been going on. See, the predators go into where their victims happen to be. (laughs) This is as simple as that. 
and also ends up with Scouts Canada sex abuse files could be made public. And it says, um, nearly 500 confidential files relating to abuse allegations at Scouts Canada could see the light of day. It doesn't mean, mean it will, a lawyer specializing in sexual abuse law said. I think at some point you could see the Canadian files in its totality made admissible in a civil proceeding. Rob Tallach told, told the CBC News, Tallach's comment came as confidential files kept the Boy Scouts of American men, the American men who suspect of child sex abuse were released today in the U.S. after a two-year court battle, a court battle to get this out. You understand, homosexuality has been elevated as a normal, and they don't want to, to bring it down again. Understand, pedophilia, homosexual pedophilia, they don't want to bring it back into the limelight. So it's a big political battle over this. It's not just what these guys have done. It's a big political battle over the whole, in the PC area, you see. And folk are scared to talk about it now. Since the recent files on Thursday involves 20,000 pages of documents the scouts kept on men inside and in some cases outside the organization believed to have committed acts of abuse. A review of how Scouts Canada handled allegations of abuse by its group leaders, prompted by a fifth estate, that's a TV investigative thing, investigation into the system, which recorded the names of pedophiles who had infiltrated its ranks and had been removed from the organization, found that dozens of cases reported to Scouts Canada were not passed on to the police. Teller said in this case of Scouts Canada, all the names in the files would have to be redacted. At the end of the day, you'll have to go back in certain cases, I think, and I know the identities of those individuals, especially if it appears they may still be at large, if it appears there was a unique aspect to their abuse. So I could see something similar to this happening in Canada down the road, he says. But don't hold your breath, folks. Don't hold your breath. Because I say there's so much uh, political correctness involved uh, in the world today There's an article too about a gay couple and Gay which is a homosexual couple Winning it in Berkshire bed and breakfast refusal case And it says a couple who Were turned away from a bed and breakfast Were discriminated against It's been ruled uh, Michael Black 64 and John Morgan 59 Booked a double room at the Swiss bed and breakfast In Berkshire via email When they arrived in March 2010 Owner Suzanne Wilkinson would not let them Stay in the room with a double bed the couple from Brampton near Huntington, Cambridge, were awarded £1,800 each at Reading County Court for injury to their feelings. The recorder Claire Mulder said that re- refusing the couple access to a double room, Mrs. Wilkinson had treated them less favourably than she would have tra- treat unmarried uh, heterosexual couples in the same circumstances. Actually, this woman uh, does turn away heterosexual couples that aren't married as well. But you can't, take, you can't stand up for what you believe in anymore. Even though it's your little business, it's on the go. And it's different than a B&B because you're bringing them in your home, you understand. It's different from a hotel. You've got to wash all the, you know, the sheets and things afterwards. Anyway, that's how it's going. You understand that now uh, everything's turned upside down. All the norms are turned upside down. Because under this big communist plan that set up a long time ago, it was to make everybody equal and happy with special rights for everyone, except the, 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 you know, the, the quiet masses out there. They're always quiet masses. Uh, then uh, you're supposed to all go along with it. And also uh, the heads of the Council on Foreign Relations, which is just the PR branch of the international bankers who set it up, and they advise all governments across the planet now. And Mr. Richard Haas goes on about uh, uh, Israel, Iran, and the military option. 
It's quite interesting to an extent from a, a good liar like him, but it says, given that diplomacy to end Iran's nuclear program has come up empty, Richard Haas, a veteran Middle East expert, is just a con man who's literally a, a communist, for those who don't understand it, says that he takes Israeli talk of a possible preventive attack at face value. He says the U.S. has tried to calm the Israelis, but one of the many unknowns is whether any degree of U.S. reassurance can persuade the Israelis given what the Israelis see as the stakes. Overall, he says, it's a situation where there are no obvious or easy choices, and while a nuclear-armed Iran presents a terrible outcome strategically, a U.S. or Israeli military attack carries unforeseeable risks. But he does go into a little, little bit of tidbits here where he's asked the question, um, would, would Israel rather uh, do Iran themselves or get the U.S. to do it? He says, well, they'd, they'd prefer the U.S. to do it because it takes the heat, basically. It's what he's really referring to. It takes the heat off of Israel, and the U.S. get blamed for it all. <laughs> that's how it always works, isn't it? I'll put this link up tonight as well for those who care about who's getting blown up across the planet. And another article, it's, it's so funny. I mean, I've, I've mentioned so many times about young guys shouldn't fall for all these sites that go up promising to, to be terrorist sites for some uh, guys who are, have got it in for the states. That they, they use it for foreigners that come out in the country generally. They, they set up sting operations, including conning the guys to, to take part in the sting. And they take they have Muslims working for them, the FBI, and other people too, and same in Canada. And they supply them with fake bombs and all the rest of it, set them up for the photo ops, and then arrest them. And they know who these people are, because you understand, everybody's got a personality profile out there on the internet. They know everybody who's watching everything. And if they get the right person uh, that's, in, that's looking into sites on terrorism or whatever, they'll, they'll look at his IQ level. They'll, they'll look at his easily swayed. He's pretty dumb. And they pick him, and then they approach him. They get a Muslim to approach him, and they set him up with fake bombs. So this guy was arrested for the Federal Reserve Bank attack plot set up by the FBI. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I am back. We're cutting through the matrix. Just, just touched on an article there about they set up another young guy to be a patsy for a, 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 it's almost a comedy. It was even a fake bomb the FBI gave the guy and set him up in the right place and then photographed him and arrested him. I'll put that up tonight too. That's why they do it all over the world now. Just to keep the, the, the fear and the folk that's really terrorists out there. It's all done by the FBI and intelligence agencies. And it's all fake. And I see Alec, if Alec is still on the board there, is, is Alec hanging on? Hello? From Vancouver. Hello, yeah, I'm here. You're there, Alec. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, how are you? Not bad at all, except for the spray. It was terrible today. You can taste the metals in your mouth as the crap comes down. Yeah, yeah um, it was so bad out here um, yesterday and today, like I'm filming it still all the time. Um, it was so bad. You could see the sun trying to shine through it, and it was just these reflections coming off of the surfaces of the uh, what's supposed to be clouds. Yes. And uh, there's there's so much metal oxides up there that it's incompatible with human life. I mean, and other 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 life forms like the birds, like you were saying. That's right. And I've got it in Britain too. They're written in Britain too. All the the songbirds have died off since the heavy spring. And same in Canada. It's down uh, 75 to 80 percent down. In the last five, six years, uh, and all the songbirds are... You can go through this forest here, there's not a peep, uh, all summer. 
I noticed that last year it was, it was, it was getting that way the year before. It was a little bit better. Five years ago wasn't so bad. Now is silence. Silence. Yeah. And they know about all this at the top, Alex. Yeah, no, sorry about that. It's, it's, yeah, we don't, we don't see much birds, many birds out here either, and it's less than, I, I think more than 80% are missing. It just seems like there's barely any at all. I mean, That's right. a couple of percent as many birds as we used to see. Absolutely. I think it's really about 98%. That's what I'd say. And that last report was from the, the government's own official statistics from 2010. So this is further gone now, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not looking good. Um, we've also uh, identified a, a, a pretty significant component, which I'd like to mention, um, of the aerosol electromagnetic warfare system, which is aerosol electromagnetic advanced biological technotronic warfare, which is being used to silence and control us as they dumb and bring down the rest of the population and bring in the diabolical World War III global domination, That's right. population reduction, and biotechnical enslavement agenda. Yeah, and folk don't know that this is not true. You can find the official government sites. You'll find Teller. Look up Teller, the inventor of the H-bomb. He designed this system of spraying the skies with metallic particles, and uh, they could actually use their Harper uh, magnetic frequency uh, technology to as for warfare capabilities. They also said, Brzezinski mentioned the same thing, technotronic warfare. He said that they could actually control people's minds over whole continents. That's in his own book. This is the head of the NSA at one time said this. So it's all here. It's getting used. And folk are dying off, as I say. They have status asthmaticus now. They can't clear it up. People are dying with constant bouts of asthma. They can't get out of it. And the governments know that all the statistics because they have a constant flow of information because it's all centralized computers going to Ottawa uh, as you walk into a clinic or a hospital, instant data retrieval. So they've got all, all their fingers on what's going on, but they're not going to say a peep about this. As, as I say, the Department of Defense has said that they will not answer any questions about it. Yeah. Um, I was in court on Monday, and I tried to bring up uh, what happened to my children and I in that apartment, you know, where the guy moved above us and we were being uh, targeted. And I was forbidden to mention directed energy weapons or any kind of conspiracy. My lawyer actually said, I could make you look like a raving, bleeping lunatic in five minutes. And I said, on the contrary, and that because I've been listening to you and, and I, I was able to cite all these You, you can take the government's own. You know, of the, of the technology. So. You take the government's own articles and they court with you from the own departments and it's all in their own writings. Absolutely. But thanks for calling, Alex. From Hamish, South Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Be your God or your God's school with you.